It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Tuesday to you. Hope your day is starting off well. Mine is just a little tired. Probably not one of my better planning moments. But uh, last night, I went to Boston to the MGM Music Hall at Fenway and saw John Oliver from HBO's Last Week Tonight and formerly of The Daily Show and just um, one of my favorite comedians, and of course, you know, he's coming to town. I want to be able to go see him. But considering all of my extensive travel over the weekend and what little sleep I got over the weekend, maybe staying out until 1230 last night was not the best idea. But we will get through it together. Uh, if you have not been to that venue and we've been giving away tickets to some shows there because the folks over at Live Nation have been nice enough to, to give us some of those tickets to give away. But what a venue that is. And you sit in there, and again, I have probably have, I could look into this a little bit deeper, but you think to yourself, how do they build this out of this corner of Fenway Park? So this is, if I have my orientation right of the park, you'd be, you're behind the right field bleachers. And... It's a 5,000-seat room. Now, granted, some of those are folding chairs that they bring in because for some shows, the floor level is general admission and standing room only. And there's some other standing room sections around the venue. And I thought, looking at the seating chart, oh, this is going to be a difficult place to really get good vantage points from, considering the way that it's up. Nope. Every seat that I could tell seemed to be a good seat. Now, they didn't have the upper section open, uh, partially because it's it's a stand-up comedy show. I think people don't want to be that far away from the stage. And also, John did two shows back-to-back, so they I don't think they needed to, to pack it each time. I think they might have done two shows, so they didn't have to have the upper deck open. But... It's a great venue, easy to get to if you can already get yourself to Fenway Park. It's right at the end of Lansdowne Street. Easy to get in. You just walked right in. Well, you didn't walk right in. I mean, they scanned your ticket, and then they had you go through a security checkpoint, but it wasn't anything extensive, and it moved quickly. And you, then you go and you find your seat. Seats were comfortable enough. They all had cup holders, which is much appreciated. Uh, there was a bar just a couple rows back from where I was sitting. But the the facility itself was very nice. I've heard great things about the sound for musical performances. Some folks who went to George Clinton said the sound was incredible. But I've 
I can't vouch for that because it was just a stand-up comedy show. So <laughs> it's going to sound good no matter what. Uh, but I could hear it loud and clear very easily over the woman behind me who obnoxiously laughed at every joke. Obnoxiously laughed. And I could also hear it over the people that sat right behind me who decided to have a conversation at the end about what was going on at home. But that's just old man Weisberg complaining. The show opened up with uh, Brooks Whelan, who was on SNL for a very brief period of time, was fired from the show, and he talked about that a little bit, but he was good. Then they brought out a surprise guest. They brought out Eugene Merman from Bob's Burgers. He's the voice of Gene, and he... uh, He's in all kinds of things. He does both voiceover work, and you've probably seen his face a million times and not realize that's who it is. He came out and did a, a few minutes, and he's a Massachusetts guy. He's a Massachusetts native, but I remember when um, we wrote an article. Actually, Taylor Cormier wrote an article a few years ago asking the question, does Bob's Burgers take place in New Bedford? And it seems on the surface to be kind of a ridiculous question, but he laid out the case that there were signs that it could very well be New Bedford or at least a fictionalized version of New Bedford. As he said it, New Bedford, if State Pier was actually, you know, something that actually had been done with State Pier and if uh, we got the Oceanarium, (laughs) like that's became, this was the New Bedford we could have been is the the town in Bob's Burgers. And he, he wrote a whole article where he laid it out and we put it out on Twitter because we put all of our WBSM stories out on Twitter. And Eugene Merman actually responded and said that for a while he thought so too. But then he asked the creator of the show, who I believe his name is Lauren Bouchard or something similar. But I think that's right. <clears throat> he, um, hope I didn't do that in your ear. I think I part of it down. He, He said he thought that it might have been too, and he actually asked, is this New Bedford, Massachusetts? And they said, no, no, it's kind of just a conglomerate of some made-up places. But it was cool to see him. And then, uh, of course, John Oliver came out and did uh, over 90 minutes of material. Very, very funny, very insightful, very thoughtful. What I like about his delivery is you can tell he crafts every word every sentence and I've always thought that the show that he does the last week tonight I mean obviously with a daily show you know you're doing smaller segments but the last week tonight show to do a whole half hour straight like that that he's he's got a great delivery but I often wondered how much of it is him memorizing things and how much of it is him reading off the teleprompter because either way to sustain his style of delivery, even when reading it off the teleprompter, is impressive. But after seeing how much he put into last night's performance, he must have a mind like a steel trap. But it was a great show and, again, a great venue. So I recommend it. If you have never been there, get yourself out and see something over there. And tickets were pretty affordable. I think $47. So it's not uh, it's not going to break the bank. Now, the hard thing is, of course, getting there and parking. 
So what I did, they recommend that you use the Spot Hero app, which is where you can reserve parking spaces in the area. And they have like fluctuating prices depending on how late you wait to get them. And I don't know. It just seemed like a risk to me. And I was like $54 for the cheapest spot, which, uh, you know, there was also a Red Sox game going on at the same time. So it's parking is really at a premium. And I was like $54 is not that much when you consider that there's also a Red Sox game happening. But then I also thought, but $54, I could just park in Braintree. And then I've got the Waze app open the whole way there. And I have it set not for the Braintree parking garage or, or Quincy Adams where I ultimately ended up. I usually will go Quincy Adams if, if there's no traffic because then I'm just one stop closer when I come home to getting back into my car. But the, um, the Waze app was showing me that it was smooth sailing all the way into Fenway. And I was tempted. I said, you know what? Maybe, maybe people just aren't going to this Red Sox game. Maybe I can drive right into the Fenway area and find a parking garage spot or maybe even a meter. But ultimately, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to park at Quincy Adams, take the ride. And I was cutting it close. I, I, I walked in. The show started at 730, and I walked in at 735, but thankfully they hadn't started yet. And then it was an easy, easy walk back home. Easy uh, walk back to the Kenmore station, got on the train. The worst part was waiting 20 minutes for the Braintree train to arrive at Park Street. Other than that, couldn't ask for an easier way. And when the commuter rail comes in, the commuter rail will be an option. I don't know how late it'll run, but it'll get you right into South Station or you can... You can I think there's another station where it crosses over. I forget, a little sooner. But then you can just get right to where you need to go from there. So that'll open up a world of possibilities for more entertainment options. And you know, the other part of it is, it means you essentially have a designated driver if you're going to go out and have a few cocktails while you go to a show there or a few beers at the game. So, again, I, I don't think that South Coast Rail is going to be this huge, everyday, thousands of commuters riding in from the South Coast to Boston. But I think it's going to be a really nice thing to have when you want to have a night like last night or, or a day where you want to go to a Red Sox game or, or a Celtics game. You're going to find that it comes in handy. I've, I've already been thinking to myself, you know, sometimes those those Sunday matinee Celtics games are not sold out, especially if it's on the same day as a Patriots game, although that might change a little bit now where the Celtics are going to be a more competitive team than the Patriots probably for, for a championship. But you used to be able to just, you could walk up to the box office on the day of one of those games and get a decent ticket. And I never went because I was always covering the Patriots. Even when I was covering both teams at the same time for the for the Standard Times, I would always cover the Patriots because there's only 16 games. They, they mattered more. And I knew I could watch the Celtics while I was at the game. They would usually have a TV on or I could watch it on my computer as I was working and watching the Patriots game at the same time. 
but I remember, you know, playoff time going up to some of those Sunday games, and it's 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 such a great experience. And now I'm excited to be able to do that without having to drive. Although most times I choose to drive myself anyway. I don't really partake in alcohol and all that kind of stuff, so not too often. But I did have a angry orchard last night. 508-996-0500. So there's a story on the New Bedford Light website, newbedfordlight.org, that the Star Store students were shocked to find out that they are one of the facilities that they are being moved to, since they are now moving out of the Star Store building, one of the facilities they are being moved to is the former Bed Bath & Beyond store in the Dartmouth Town Center. So they're being put into former retail space. As we were talking about yesterday with Jack Spillane, some of the programs are being brought back to the Dartmouth campus, but some of them are being put in the Dartmouth Town Center in the Bed Bath & Beyond store on a short-term lease. So rather than try to secure at least a, you know, if, if, if UMass didn't plan on staying in the Star Store building, rather than trying to secure a short-term lease for that building where the kilns already are, where everybody's stuff already was, they're having everybody move out of that building and move into a Bed Bath & Beyond. Well, I mean, come on, UMass Dartmouth, if you're looking for more places... To, to bring students. I don't think anything's moved into the Christmas tree shop yet. Now, you've got to wait a couple of months, but there's always the space where Spirit Halloween is. Has anything moved into Azuma yet? Maybe, maybe you can put a culinary program in there. I'm being facetious here because I think that that's insanity, that you didn't want to stay in this building that you've been in for 20-plus years, that the students already had everything in. I mean, they're they're making it sound as if the Star Store building is ready to collapse into the ground. And, and Jack explained to us that's not the case. The students have said that that's not the case. Yes, it needs repairs. Yes, it needs things done. But you're going to tell me that it's a better option to put kids, students, art students into a bed, bath, and beyond? 508-996-0500. Let's take a quick phone call here before we got to take our first break. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Oh, oh, let me press that button. There we go. Hi. Good morning. Tim? Yes. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Um, Fine, thanks. Tim, what was the latest on, um, I've been listening on and off, but um, I heard um, Senator Montigny on the air, and he was going to try to find out what happened to the money that he had procured. It was like an, I believe it was an $8 million. Yeah, the the bond for, for, that would have been for when they took over the building. Okay, so we don't know how much of that is left. I don't. I don't know if any of it was activated because I think that was contingent upon them buying the building for a dollar. Okay, so that that money might still be there in theory. Um, I guess. 
because to me, this is, I think the students have a good case for bait and switch. If they signed up for the program and it was going to be held at Star Store, like, I don't think that the college has the right to do it to this year's students because they were expecting a different venue. And I think it's awful. In, you know, I, I used the term fraud yesterday with, with Jack Blaine, and, you know, he, as he pointed out, that's a legal term, and he, he didn't want, he wanted to point out that that was my word, not his, but I, you know, in the general sense of fraud, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know that it's actionable, uh, I don't know that the students would have a leg to stand on, but it certainly feels wrong, right, to have taken the money from them to say, yes, you're coming to, to the CVPA at the Star Store. Oh, whoops, no, you're not. But, you know, by the way, the first especially, tuition check is due. Especially when you figure that they had to have this in mind already because it's not like they just woke up one day and said, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to change this. So no, when it, they took it's been the years in the making, these, apparently. Yeah, when they took the money from these students, they were well aware that something was going to have to be done. And that's where I think the culpability lies. It's not like the, the place burned down so they were forced to go elsewhere. This was a calculated move on their part. And I just find it a terrible thing. And it's like, why doesn't Maura Healy get back to um, Montigny? You know, he's reached out to her. Like, what's going on with them? Uh, well, why? Go ahead. Oh, and here's here's the other the other part about it is if if the reason why they want to get out of that building is the same reason that that Chancellor Fuller told us that it's because the building is is unsafe in its current condition, um, mm -hmm. which was which was you know one of the reasons that he put for them wanting to be out of there. If that's the case, then why not just have the building condemned? If that's the case. And then, mm -hmm. then at least you can say to the students, "Hey, you know, look, look, the building got condemned. We can't keep you in here." Instead, right, you, right. it just looks like you are taking that money from them and saying to them, "All right, now we're going to go stick you in a bed, bath, and beyond." Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't get it. Except I know that this area has always been. It seems like we're last in line for a lot of things. Um, you know, we don't have the razzle dazzle of um, Boston for sure. But, like, we have, like, treasures here, real treasures that nobody else has. And I think we should be fighting. Later on, I'm going to call Montigny's office. I'm going to call Mark Fuller's office and just leave, like, a, a message. But I think it's terrible. And I have no, you know, I have no students there. I don't have any affiliation with it. But I just think it's a rotten deal. Yeah, I agree. And I think that I think that the... The pain and the sting of having just been honest from the beginning would have at least been, you know, I'd rather you ripped off that Band-Aid than slowly pulled it off and then told me at the same time, that doesn't really hurt. And, not, and to be not told the truth. I think that's what I'm getting really tired of as far as government goes, is not being told the truth about things. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I, my next cause after I make those phone calls to... Um, those offices. I'm going to get on Fort Tabor and see if I can um, find out why they don't repair those informational signs that are all cracked. The plexiglass is cracked, and I don't know if that's vandalism or just age. Um, but that place looks shabby, and I realize that that's um, probably not city. Am I correct? I think that Mayor Mitchell said that it was um, federal government. 
Well, I know, as he was explaining, it's a very, um, it's kind of a convoluted thing as to who's in charge of what down there. But yeah. um, cer certainly if it's something that can be repaired and mm -hmm. be repaired uh, maybe by like Vogue Tech students or something, no matter who right. it is, whatever organization it is, they're, they're going to accept it. They just might need somebody to just bring it to their attention, like you're saying. They just might not be right. aware that it needs to get done. Who owns the um, pier that's right down by there? It's you know, you can walk out and take a look at the water. I believe that I believe that's city property. Because they have a lot of, like, um, the barriers, the railings missing, and they've got one of those horses, you know, like a horse that you'd use and says keep out or be careful, use caution. But it looks awful. It looks terrible. And that's such a great um, scenic place that I would think that we – it doesn't seem like it would be cost prohibitive to have that all repaired because I don't know anything about cement but and you know railings and stuff but it's it's a shame that that's it looks neglected well I think uh, I think your call might spark some changes down there I hope so okay thanks a lot all Jeff. right thank you have a good day and I do have to take a quick break when we come back on the other side we will go into the newsroom and now it is time to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass Florida residents are bracing for Hurricane Idalia. The National Weather Service has hurricane warnings and storm surge warnings in effect for nearly half a dozen counties. Other parts of the region are under tropical storm warnings, hurricane watches, or tropical storm watches. The NWS expects Idalia to make landfall tomorrow as a major hurricane. Maui Police Chief John Pelletier is responding to criticism about barricades that were set up in Lahaina. Some experts say the barricades caused traffic congestion, trapping more people in the town as it burned on August 8th. Pelletier says there were barricades, but only in areas where there was already extreme danger. That includes downed power lines, which the chief says would have killed people if they drove under them, or had fire if they had already engulfed the area. President Biden is urging Americans to speak up because diversity is being attacked. He made the comments in Washington, D.C. Monday while marking 60 years of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights under law. The president noted that domestic terrorism rooted in white supremacy is, quote, the greatest terrorist threat that we face in the homeland. University of North Carolina confirms a faculty member was killed after a shooting on campus Monday. Trey Thomas reports. Police say they have a suspect in custody, but are not releasing a name or possible charges. This loss is devastating, and uh, the shooting damages the trust and safety that we so often take for granted uh, in our campus community. Earlier reports indicated the shooter was a grad student. Officials also said classes will be canceled on Tuesday. The shooting took place in a laboratory and triggered a three-hour lockdown. I'm Trey Thomas. A special session of the Tennessee State Legislature is descending into chaos. Yesterday saw citizens removed from galleries in the House as well as a walkout by the Democratic Caucus after a lawmaker was silenced. House Speaker Cameron Sexton silenced Representative Justin Jones after deeming him out of order on two occasions. Jones rose to national fame earlier this year, being dubbed a member of the Tennessee Three after being expelled from office demonstrating in favor of gun control on the House floor. He has since won back his job. 
And an Ohio man known as Joe the Plumber is dead at the age of 49 after a battle with pancreatic cancer. Back in 2008, during a campaign stop in Toledo, Ohio, then-presidential candidate Barack Obama was confronted by Joe Wurzelbacher, who accused Obama's ta tax plan of conflicting with the American dream, while Obama said it would help small businesses like Wurzelbacher's plumbing business. He eventually went on to run, unsuccessfully, for Ohio's ninth congressional seat. In sports, the Boston Red Sox lost to the Houston Astros last night, 13-5. They're back at Fenway tonight. The two will play again at 7-10 p.m. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. We're going to be mostly cloudy for the day with a few showers popping up into the area later on this afternoon. We'll be reaching a high of 74 degrees overnight tonight, overcast with periods of rain low of 69. And for Wednesday, we do have a front that will make it into the area. That's going to bring some rain for us. We're going to be reaching a high of 77. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. Right now it is 66 degrees in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. 20 WBSM, as crystal clear as FM. Stream us on the WBSM app. Or you can hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app or open line voicemails on the WBSM app brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. And, you know, this time of year during the NFL season, the WBSM app becomes especially valuable for those of you who don't like football. And I don't know why some of you don't like football. I don't know why some of you would prefer to hear something else on the radio as opposed to football. But, you know, I don't judge you for it. I find football to be great, and I find listening to it on the radio to be amazing. In fact, I actually got more into the Patriots when I was younger by listening to the games on the radio. When I was a kid, we, we were never home on Sundays, so I didn't really get a chance to watch the games. And when I was 15, I got a job working in a diner, 
and I had to work every Sunday for years. I had to work every Sunday. You weren't allowed to not work Sundays at Mill Pond Diner. Everybody works Sundays. Busiest day of the week. And so I never got to watch those games. However, I would turn on the radio and I would listen to the games, cheering on Chris Slade, my favorite player at the time, Willie McGinnis, Vincent Brisby, Terry Glenn, Drew Bledsoe. And eventually, of course, the Belichick-Brady era began. And I would just keep listening to the games because to me, actually, by the time, excuse me, by the time that uh, Tom Brady took over, that was a glorious year for me in more ways than one because that was also the year that I moved out of my parents' house and had my own place down on Swift Beach in Wareham, had my living room set up, my, my TV and I didn't have to work Sundays anymore. So I would wake up every Sunday and I would go down to the Dunkin' Donuts down the street and get a coffee, maybe a donut, head on back home and sit there and just veg out and watch the Patriots. But until then, I listened, I only really caught the games by listening to them on the radio. And so I always have an affinity for it. And if you do as well, of course, you'll get to hear the Patriots here all season long. Thanks to our friends at Shooting Supply and Primacare. But if you don't want to listen to the Patriots, that's okay because we have an alternative for you too. All you have to do is tune in on the WBSM app and the stream there will play alternative programming. Might be Howie Carr. Might be some of our network shows. You know, all depends on when the game is scheduled. But when you're hearing Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, or Patriots games here on WBSM, you can always catch other talk shows on the on the app, on the stream online, if that's what you prefer. Because we want you to have options, and also because the NFL doesn't let us stream the games. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, uh, we were talking about the New Bedford Light article written by Arthur Hirsch that mentions that the UMass Dartmouth CVPA students, some of them, are being moved to the former Bed Bath & Beyond store in the Dartmouth Town Center, that they felt that a short-term rental of a storefront was a better place to house art students than keeping them in the Star Store building, even for one more year. They could have secured one more year. Uh, of course, we still don't know all the ins and outs of the funding being pulled from the Massachusetts Senate. But in theory, there could have been one more year. And maybe there still can be. It doesn't seem like the governor's in a rush to sit down and talk with Senator Montigny and Mayor Mitchell and others, Councillor Gomes, others who have requested it. It doesn't seem like they're in a real rush here. First of all, Governor Healy would have to be here to have those conversations. But it, it seems like as the weeks dwindle by and we get closer and closer to the start date of the semester and as everybody's moving out of the building, there will be no reprieve, no 11th hour reprieve for students to stay in the Star Store. 
So then the best option that you have is a renting out a bed, bath, and beyond? Did you not have a better alternative plan? If you've been trying to move students out of that building for years, as, as Jack was telling us yesterday, Jack Blaine was telling us yesterday, why didn't you have a better plan in place than that? What would you have done if somebody had come in and rented out that space? Instead, we have turned what was once one of the proud spots, uh, the proud programs of UMass Dartmouth, I mean, still is, but we have turned this into the educational equivalent of a spirit Halloween. Just going to move those students in for a couple of months when a store goes out of business and then when... Uh, when the semester's over, move them out, and then somebody else can go in, and then we'll put them somewhere else next time. You've turned the arts program into a spirit Halloween. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hey, what's going on, Tim? How you doing? <clears throat> not bad, not bad. Seems to me that the uh, Commonwealth of Massachusetts is turning into the spirit Halloween type of thing where we take up, you know, vacant locations of, of defunct retail uh, retail spots. So it looks like we're going to be in uh, Bed Bath & Beyond now. Yeah. And, and um, you know, this isn't the only case of this either. They're they're moving students around in all different places. And, and it, it, it seems like they don't want to invest in the student body that they have already. So how are you going to get more students to want to, wanna, you know, be part of that university going forward? Right, exactly. I mean, for, for me, I, I get the, the students, they signed up for a class. They didn't sign up to go to a particular campus. Um, so I don't think, I, may, I might be wrong, but do you think the, the students are actually really upset that they're not in downtown Indefinite? Um, I think that they're upset based on, you know, and I only know this based on Jack's reporting and, and, and the students that he talked to, but, you know, they as, assume that they would have access to certain facilities and certain um, equipment that would be in that building that won't be in these other locations. Okay. Yeah, well, that makes sense. It's obviously not the location that they're looking forward to being at. It's, it's the equipment, the, the investment that the UMass... <clears throat> school system is made in there, what they have in there. So once they move it, I mean, they don't care. The students don't care where they, where they learn. They just want to learn what their craft is going to be. So whether it's in Bed Bath & Beyond or in the Star Store or just right back at the UMass campus, uh, the students don't care. What really matters are the businesses that benefited from having the Star Store open and having these kids down there and, and you know, during their breaks, go shop, go go hang out at the coffee shops and stuff like that. Those are the people that hurt. Those are the people that we need to be concerned about. Well, I, well, I agree with that too. I don't know that I necessarily agree with the idea that the you know the students are are fine with just being educated wherever. We're talking about moving them from a historic building downtown into a strip mall in Dartmouth. That's that is a big change. It is a big shift. Well, yeah, I I, I agree with you that it's a big shift, but. As long as their their professors remain the same and they you know basically you know get access to at least some of the equipment, maybe not the big kilns, but something. I don't know what they're bringing into the Bed Bath and Beyond. That that in and in and of itself sounds a little 
you know, shady kind of, you know, just so, have it. So, yeah, know, sounds you know kind of last minute, like, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, where do we put these kids in and just throw them in there? Why, I mean, why don't they have them just go back to UMass Dartmouth? I mean, why does it have to be, like I said, the spirit Halloween of, of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts? That's what UMass is becoming, where the way they just drop in for a semester, you know, the spirit Halloween comes in in August and leaves in, you know, in November. Is that what UMass is going to be? We're just going to just open up wherever and then, uh, you know, close up after the semester's done, maybe find another spot. You know, it, it just, it seems very poorly run. Uh, I feel bad for the kids because the kids are going to be like, you know, where, where's my class going to be? You know, two weeks before or a week before uh, their classes begin. Oh, we're, we're at Bed Bath & Beyond now. I mean, if it, it's kind of better if you're uh, you're a student on campus. You can get to it a little faster, I guess. But other than that, I don't think the kids actually care that it's not in downtown but I do think that the businesses, and that's what we really need to be concerned about, the businesses that were built, that were kind of building the community uh, in that area around the art, the art center. Yeah, I mean, those, I, are the, those are the guys that we need to really be concerned about and really help out. I think if there has to be at least one positive, uh, it's that you know the students can look at this and say, well, at least we'll have somewhere to park now, and we won't have to pay to park. Yeah, well, I. Did, didn't they have, they, they should have had, anyways, uh, the Elm Street garage where they could just park for free, no? Well, I think they could park at the Zaitarian garage. That's uh, even closer. Right, because they did park there for free? I don't know. I don't know what that what that, that plan I was. Know, I know BCC downtown, they can park at the Elm Street garage for free. I know mm-hmm. that. The students can well, maybe they had something similar there, but still, I mean, at least you have, uh, you, you know, at least you're in an area where there's some amenities for the students. You know, they can right. they can walk down to Subway or something, or uh, I guess there's a bookstore there. I don't know what else is left in Dartmouth Town Center. I haven't been there in a while. Not much. Not much. It's it's really desolate, actually. It's getting just as bad as the one where the, the uh, old Christmas tree shop was. It's just uh, the post office, and that's it. Well, I got I got to hold you there just because I got to take a break. But thank you for the call, and uh, we will get more into more calls in just a moment. Caller, hang on. I will get to you as soon as I come back. But I do have to take a quick break. And let's go right back to the phones. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. What's shaking, Playboy? What's happening, Lamone? Oh, just living and loving or trying to be living after this long weekend I had. Oh, Good yeah. Grief. Yeah. Beyonce was off the chain, and she was the Renaissance. You know, it looked like a lot like the, uh, like a lot of, look, it reminded me a lot of the Denver, uh, the Denver International Airport with that. With old Blackie, you know the the, mm-hmm. the Bronco there. It looked like that there. She came out. It was it was it was quite interesting. And then that was that was that was Friday. And then Saturday, I was going to see B fifty two, and it was fun and it was good. And I I didn't get home till like eight o'clock the next morning. Wow. And so yeah, and it's like and it was it was fun. I got I got I got to kick it with Fred and stuff, talk to him and things like that. And Kate Pearson, oh, oh, Eve. yeah, we all we all look a little, a little tired and haggard in our in our days, and so. But yeah, so how was the uh, the vow renewals? Oh, it went well. So what ended up happening was, uh, you know, my sister and 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 my brother in law didn't send me any material 
to, to use. And I only had a few like jokes planned myself. So uh, it was like, I don't know what I'm going to say when I get up there. And then my sister came over and she said, hey, listen, uh, you know, our friend over here is actually um, someone who performs wedding ceremonies. And he's actually a little bit uh, hurt that we didn't ask him to do it. And he wants to do like a religious ceremony for us. So is, is that all right if we just have him do it instead? And I was like, yeah, that's perfectly fine with me. So he, they he ended up doing that instead. Hmm? That can save you the rush home. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I mean, I rushed to get to the party. They, I was already, you know, there when they told me all this. So I was like, well, eh, that's fine, whatever. I am not getting up there and reading a religious thing. So because uh, I, I don't I don't know how to do all that. So let him let him handle that. So they did that. And then then uh, everything was was fine. They were happy with it. Well, I would say always a to that because that you had an opportunity. You should have called me and I well. I guess he did. Did you get to give your uh, give any kind of punchline? I just afterwards? I just kept making the jokes to everybody as I walked around the party. And so so they didn't get to hear it, but eventually. Oh no, they, they did. did. I, I made sure I told them. I walked right up to them and I said, "Ah, Nick and Patty, Nick and Patty. What can I say about Nick and Patty? No, really, what can I say about you? You're the two most boring people I've ever met." And uh, they were like, they wore that like a badge of honor. They're like, "Yep, yep, we are." <laughs> So it's like all right. And that's nice. You not being too being too cutthroat on it. No, you should no. you should have called. It should have called me. I could have helped you with it. I'm, I'm like the. I'll have Bill had call you the the paranormal um, Don, Don Rickles before before the evening was through. <laughs> they're, they're good. They're good people. It's hard to pick on them. They're they're both very nice people, and they'll they do anything for anybody. So you know, there's you know, but, not much meat on the bone you, there. Remember how I was backstage at Rodney Dangerfield at Caesars. Told you what happened with uh, with um, with with Don Rickles. So I had him, I had him, I had him laughing. He had ice coming out of his nose, you know. And he, and that was that was priceless, you know. Somebody like that, you get them laughing till they got they had that spit take, but that from ice coming from that nose. Yeah, when you can get somebody, when you can get somebody who makes you laugh, laugh, laugh like that, it's the best feeling in the world. I got to hold you there, Lamone, yeah. just because I got to take a break, one one final oh. break before the end of the hour. But thank you for the call. Could you tell Sister Sketty? I hope she's feeling better this week. I will do so. And so then, and I'm glad I, I still would like, I want to ask you something about something I'm, about I'm, your mom. I'm out of time. Share something, Make it quick. I'm out of time. Share something nice about your mother. Uh, she could beat me in an arm wrestling match. Ooh, mama. She, yeah, she's very strong. All right, I do have to hold you there, though, because uh, I do have to take my final break, but thank you for the call. We'll be back in just a few moments. Jim. All right, that's going to do it for this hour. When we come back on the other side, we'll take more of your phone calls, 508-996-0500. Coming up, Adam Bass has all your news in the WBSM newsroom.